We've had some time to digest an all-too-familiar feeling for the Hoosiers after Saturday's loss to Louisville. Let's take a look at what we think about that fourth down call that'll continue to be debated. Uh, that second half turnaround and just some general thoughts of the team following that performance. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen, wherever that may be from. We're part of that Locked On Network, where it's your team every day. This episode's also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. If you bet on the Hoosiers this weekend, they covered but they didn't win, which is kind of, in a lot of ways, a microcosm of this program. Covering, but not winning, really is a tale we're too familiar with. IU showed a lot of potential, showed a lot of reason for optimism in a vacuum, because if you've been around this program for any length of time, you know how common this feeling, this type of performance was you walk away from the game thinking maybe big picture that was a, a step forward for the Hoosiers. But in the now, I don't know that we feel that way. There's a lot to talk about this game, especially having had some time to digest what happened. I think the big thing that we should discuss first is that fourth down. The fourth down play call. Was it right? Was it wrong? What did Tom Allen have to say? Let's start there. Tom Allen had some quotes about it after the game. Uh, quote, it's frustrating. That's one I'm sure everyone is going to focus on. But there's a lot of variables to that. Uh, I didn't second guess that. I mean, goodness, you just got to execute. You got the ball at the six-inch line. It's technically, would they say, a foot and a half. Uh, but you got to knock them off the football and go score. I don't care what you call. If you choose to do something with a little riskiness to it, but we didn't execute, obviously. That was the point I kind of made in the live show we did on Saturday, which we will do a live show again next weekend. It's not going to be Saturday night. I am not going to do a live show at like 1030 on a Saturday. We're going to do it on Sunday, but we'll have a, a live show on Sunday next weekend. So be sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube for that. But that was kind of the thought process I had on Saturday. What I think, the point I think needs to be made is there's some nuance to this. I took a lot of blowback on Twitter because I said I didn't think there was being nearly enough made about how bad the offensive line was in that play. That's not me saying that the coaching staff doesn't deserve criticism. I think the coaching staff deserves its fair share of criticism, but it, this is a there's a balance to this there's a nuance to this you got to execute even if it might have not been the right play call if you're getting shoved back as much as they were short of running like a naked bootleg and going all out that wasn't that play wasn't going to work 
And so you can sit there and say, well, then they should have ran a naked bootleg. Maybe. Um, my biggest complaint is that they took the timeout after the replay review to call that play, which begs the question, what were they doing during the replay review? That wasn't a short replay review, but it was very clear that he was down and it was going to be inside the one yard line. So what was being discussed during that replay review that you then needed to take a timeout and discuss even more? That was an issue in and of itself. Timeout management in this game. To some degree, it ended up costing IU at the end. They didn't get the stops on third downs anyway to get Louisville off the field. But even if they had, it was going to be very little time left because they didn't have enough timeouts. And if you're going to call a timeout after a long replay review, you're just drawing the criticism to yourself, fair or foul. You're putting a big target on yourself and saying, we mismanaged this already. This has got to be right, or you're getting the blame. That part I don't disagree with. Coaching staff has to be better on a number of things. Moving forward into the Akron game and into Big Ten play, the coaching staff has to improve. But so does the execution. The... IU scored on a very, very, very similar play for their second touchdown. A dive up the middle, Josh Henderson. There wasn't a ton of penetration there. There was a little bit of a hole, and he pushed through the line, and the 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 uh, they got over the line. And so I, I think that's worth pointing out is that IU had scored on a very similar type of play within that same half. So there was reason to believe it might work. It didn't work. It's very easy to sit there and second guess. I think there are some general thoughts on play calling. I have with the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator. I was impressed. I went back and rewatched the game on Sunday and just kind of made some notes on a number of things. And we're going to talk about them throughout. I was impressed how quickly they got Jalen Lucas involved and how often they got him the ball in space. They schemed him into space. They ran him, uh, put him up against linebackers, put him in motion, got him the ball moving so that he could use his speed, use his quickness and make teams play. That was very good. I, I liked that a lot. I thought this is the best they've ever used Jalen Lucas in a game. Very, very, very small sample size, but this is absolutely how you should be using Jalen Lucas. Line him up in the slot, have him running routes out of the backfield, put him in motion, run him off the edge, whatever that may be, that's how you should be using him. Hey, there's a decent argument that final play, I guess it wasn't the final play, the fourth down play, you run something to try to have Jalen Lucas get to the edge and trust that he's faster than the defender. If, if they're going to do kind of a slow evolving play like they did, there's probably as good of an argument for anything about it being for Jalen Lucas and hoping he can get to the edge. I think on the flip side, one of the, the negatives is that 
there needs to be fewer plays designed for Taven Lucas to run the ball. Taven Lucas, excuse me. Taven Jackson to run the ball. He has the ability to extend the pocket, extend the play. He's athletic. That doesn't mean he's an option quarterback. May, you can still throw it out there from time to time, but rewatching the game, that really stuck out. There were too many play calls for how Dexter Williams would run this offense and not how Taven Jackson runs this offense. Nick's about half of those runs. I don't even know how many he ended up with on Saturday. He was credited for eight. Cut half of those, make them more passing plays because he very clearly can get the ball downfield. He had a little too much juice in his uh, throws at the beginning of the game, but he does not need to be running the ball as much, and he needs to be throwing the ball more. I did not like how conservative the play calling was at times on third and long. First drive, it was a third and ten, and they handed it off to Jalen Lucas. Let Taven make a play. I thought they got a lot more aggressive with their play calling in the second half, and it showed. It, it IU looked like a competitive team. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I, I think IU's general mindset probably needs to shift more to letting Taven make plays versus being a team that runs the ball. They can run the ball. But he, Taven threw the ball 34 times. They rushed it 27. I don't even know that it needs to be that close, but it shouldn't be any closer than that. You're split. I'm all in on Taven after that performance and after rewatching it. We'll talk about that. What changed in the second half, that big onside kick, all of that here in a moment. Do you guys ever find that you're just trying to fall asleep and then suddenly, your brain won't stop talking. Do your thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune times? Nothing worse than laying down in the dark and then just thinking about life. And suddenly, you can't go to sleep. Turns out, one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a best place to do that. So you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen. Make sure you're checking out Locked On College Football Live every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. They'll cover the, the playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, all the in-depth analysis you can only get with Locked On and their hosts. Locked On College Football Live, Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Locked On College YouTube channel. Let's talk about the second half, and I think... Obviously, and this got the deserved amount of credit it did for all the complaints you have about the coaching staff. And again, there are a fair amount of them. Tom Allen's call to onside kick. Perfect. Brilliant. A plus. All the credit in the world for that. It changed the game. It changed how 
both sides felt about the game. There were a number of quotes from IU players after the game talking about how that amped them up to see them onside kick it. Not everybody on the sideline knew IU was going to do that. And so they see that happen. They're up. They're ready to go. And then it also helped that boom, boom, a couple quick strikes and IU scores through Jalen Lucas. But 100% that changed the game. Fun fact from the Indy Star, that was the first successful onside kick for the Hoosiers since, put your guesses in, 2017 at Purdue when Chase Dutra recovered a Griffin Oaks onside kick attempt in the fourth quarter. Those are some names. Uh, Here's what Tom Allen had to say. And interesting. Think back to the end of the first half. IU had, a, I think, a fourth and somewhat reasonable distance late in the half, and he punted the ball away. It was after Taven ran out of bounds on a bad decision, a, a young mistake. Here's what Tom Allen had to say. Quote, that's why I chose not to go for it on fourth down. Uh, fourth down there and just punt the ball, get out of the half and regroup because I was planning on kicking the onside kick to start the second half. So he already knew late in the first half we're onside kicking this. Uh, quote, I knew we had the kickoff. We thought we had a chance to get it if the opportunity presented itself. And it sounded like IU worked on it during the week. They saw something in the film that indicated to them this could work. We might be able to recover this, and they did. Great job from Casey Teagarden, Tom Allen, everybody involved with that. Uh halftime Aaron Casey talked about that was a turning point as well he said uh quote man the locker room was serious we knew that we were beating ourselves more than they were beating us so we decided we had to lock in and trust each other yeah I mean I think that might be a little bit overblown I thought Louisville played decently but IU was making a lot of mistakes on both sides of the ball and a lot of unforced errors uh, shooting themselves in the foot, I think is the general, uh, phrase that Tom Allen used just, they were in their own way more than anything in that first half. There were a number of adjustments that came in that second half defensively. The front seven really started to get pushed around in this game in the second quarter, which is interesting because it happened in the Indiana state game kind of in that same time frame. I don't know if this is a trend, could be a coincidence. It's a sample size of two games. But if you think back to the Indiana State game, the one long drive they had came in that second quarter and IU's defense got pushed around a little bit. They adjusted obviously and dominated literally the rest of the game and honestly the defense in Saturday, save for maybe that last drive, dominated that game the rest of the way as well. Plummer was significantly worse when he was pressured and when IU kept contain, which is what cost him in that final drive, letting Plummer kind of sneak out the back and run for first downs. But in the first half, IU wasn't creating pressure. He had a pocket. He could make some throws. Although that being said, his biggest one of his biggest plays was running out of the pocket, and there was that wild, wild, wild throw he made that was called back for a holding penalty. But generally speaking, when he was pressured, he was not nearly as good, which obviously that's going to happen for about every quarterback. The defense also struggled getting off the field on third down in the first half. 
They got into a couple third and me, third medium, third and long situations, and then couldn't get the stop. They did a much, much better job of that in the second half. Again, man, save for that last drive. But they, uh, I thought that that's really a trait of a good Tom Allen defense is to get off the field on third downs. And it generally hasn't been a problem this season. So I will see. This is one of those things, again, small sample size. We'll see if it, it continues. But defensively there were a lot of changes that just came from execution front seven got a lot more push got a lot more pressure on the quarterback stuffed the run a lot more in the second half not a ton of necessarily schematic changes just like a lot of execution changes and i think that was that's that's probably not a great sign for what happened in the first half hopefully it's some sort of wake-up call But it's encouraging in the second half because you didn't really have to change how you approach things to get results. So the challenge is going to be making sure you play like you did in the second half from the get-go. Offense, like a couple things we mentioned, I don't want to say they gave up on the run, but they were far more focused on passing the ball than they were running the ball. So... It led to a lot more success. They let Taven make plays, which also generally is just kind of what you have to do when you're down three scores. You can't really run the ball. So maybe it's just by design that IU or based on the situation that IU had to throw the ball more instead of by design, but it, it led to good results. And I think that's something IU needs to note moving forward is let Taven let Taven go, let Taven eat. And especially when you have someone like Jalen who can make plays out of the backfield, let them make plays. So that's something I'm going to be watching is how much I use going to shift away from running the ball and shift more towards putting the ball in Taven's hands and letting him make plays. Cause if there's any takeaway from that game, it's that Taven looked like, the guy again i've said that a couple different times it's one thing to do it against indiana state that's a good louisville team that taven was dicing up absolutely dicing up in the second half a number of incredible throws i want to talk a little bit more about that just some other thoughts i had that i i jotted down about taven the offense the defense things like that get some some general discussion here uh, to wrap up today's episode but now it is time for your game changer of the week brought to you by athletic brewing company much like aaron casey athletic brewing company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game they make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good absolutely shout out to aaron casey who was unbelievable in this game 10 tackles five solo tackles two sacks three tackles for a loss the reverse slash end around that he blew up all by himself. I rewound that and watched that two, three, four times when I was rewatching the game. I can't remember a play like that. That was unbelievable. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. Their brews are great tasting and award winning and beat out the full strength beers in global competitions. Constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add variety 
to add their variety. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beers at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Let's talk a couple other observations I had, just building off some as well. Um, I just wrote down Taven's the guy, as we kind of mentioned. The the drives he led in the fourth quarter, I don't know when the last time IU had somebody that could do that. Michael Penix, before that, boy, I don't know. He was unbelievable in that fourth quarter. The throw he made to Cam Camper on that final drive, you could not make that throw better. That was absolutely gorgeous. Hit Camper in stride. An unbelievable throw. He led a 97-yard touchdown drive. He led an 89-yard drive that ended on that fourth and goal. So if IU had scored, he would have had two 90-yard touchdown drives in one game. I don't know that IU had two drives that long for the entire season last year. I don't know when they would have had two drives that long in a season. Like, unbelievable performance from him. I don't think you can undersell that. I uh, The old adage, you're only as good as your quarterback. IU, I think, has a really, really good quarterback. Are they going to be able to overcome their own shortcomings? At times, their own coaching staff? Taven, <laughs> Taven will have to... Taven could. It was my kind of takeaway. If you want a really bad, it's not a bad comparison. It's just a comparison that doesn't feel good. Taven thriving behind or under a bad coach. A lot like his brother thriving under a bad coach. Is a new coach going to come in and is Taven going to stick around for that? Or will this comparison break the mold of Trace and Archie? Uh, I didn't feel good reading that. Shout out to Ben Rayful, who uh, long, long time listeners will remember he was on the show. But uh, he did not make me feel good reading that one. Uh, another observation, Taven has a really good hard count. You saw it against Indiana State a couple times. You saw it on Saturday as well. It gets IU five yards, and it, in some situations, it gives him a free play. Uh, I wrote a little bit more about the first half defense. They had some huge breakdowns in the first half. And honestly, if there were some better throws or a better quarterback, IU would have been down a lot more. Uh, if there was a better throw in that first drive, that kind of broken play where uh, – Plummer hit uh, the wide receiver wide open downfield. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Thrash, if he throws that out in front of him, it's a touchdown. And that drive ended up in a missed field goal. So IU was really lucky to only be down 21 nothing. It probably should have been more than that in the first half. We mentioned it. Timeout mismanagement was poor. Part of that was on Taven. He took a timeout in the first half because he got confused by the defense and their adjustments and the play clock ran down. I'm not, it's a young quarterback who's going to have moments like that. 
that just puts more emphasis on the coaching staff not doing dumb things with timeouts. Two timeouts in a three-play span is a dumb thing. The timeout after the long replay review is a dumb thing. IU has to be better about that. Uh, Tom Allen's in year seven. You can't be this bad at timeouts still. Unforced errors. Uh, we talked about it. It hurt. They were all over the place. The bad snap in the first half. IU finally had a drive that had some momentum. And then it's all just immediately gone with a bad snap. Taven kept delivering balls high. Again, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I don't know if that was... I think it might have just been kind of too much excitement, too much energy in playing at Lucas Oil again in front of family. The interception was a high throw that Carter maybe should have caught. It hit his hands, but that was zoomed in there kind of high. Uh, Henderson bailed him out on one play. It was a little dump down pass that he threw high. Henderson was able to tip it and hold on to it. Uh, he had Donovan McCauley open at one point that he threw it high and missed him open. Uh, there was a play out to the flat uh, Henderson again, where it probably wasn't going to get any yardage, but he threw it high. Henderson had to jump for it and they ended up losing yards. Now he turned it around in the second half. So I'm not sure if it was a mechanical thing that they figured out at halftime and he fixed it, but it was very much a recurring trend in that first half and it, it hurt the Hoosiers. Uh, and then we mentioned as well, Taven running out of bounds in the first half. Unforced errors. And maybe in a vacuum you can write some of these off, but when all of them are happening in a game, it's small things that add up to a big thing. And when you lose a game by a foot and a half, it's a lot of small things that if you fix them along the way, maybe you don't lose the game by a foot and a half. So, man, it I don't know if it's good or bad that I, I'm not as upset about this game just because it feels so familiar. How many times have we seen this type of game from Indiana where you get it, you're get you in it at the very end, you have a chance to tie it, to win it, whatever it may be, and then they shoot themselves in the foot, they do something silly, and they don't win the game. Pick your example. Tell me the example of that down below. First one that jumps to mind for me is the Jordan Howard game against Michigan. There are so many examples you could pick, <laughs> but uh, if you guys are still around, write your favorite example of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory like IU has done. Thanks to all you guys for making us your first listen. Everydayers, tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more about football, start our first look at Akron as well. I kind of want to talk a little bit more about Taven because... He's special, man, and I don't want to put too much into one game, but he's special. He's special in a Michael Penix way, I think. So we might talk about that tomorrow. We'll have some recruiting news on Wednesday as well, so be sure you're ready for that. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave those ratings and reviews, all of that stuff. As always, guys, I hope everybody has a great start to their week. Have a great Monday. Most importantly, LEO.